T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This hour of Fitzy and Hart is sponsored by New England Kubota dealers and M&B Tractor and Equipment West Springfield, Mass. Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. Boston Sports Original. Fitzy and Hart, Fenway Park. I have no idea what this is, but it makes me want to just bang my head against something, and I think that's the point. Uh, Andy Hart here alongside... Kyrie Thompson of WEEI.com. Kyrie Thompson, is this more of your your music? Uh, not so much. Oh, okay. Um, so, so I, I mean, I, I'm very... Not sl- Soundgarden? I'm very... I, I'm, I'm like eclectic, but also selective. So I'm not like a super headbanging type. I do like some alternative rock and some grunge and like all that whole thing. Um, I mentioned I was a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan to Coop while we were on break. Um, but I'm also a major like hip-hop fan, like especially like... You know, late 80s, early 90s, a little bit of today. I'm getting a little bit more back into it, but I kind of went through a lull with hip-hop for a minute. But, yeah, I'll kind of listen to a little bit of everything if we're being, if we're being real. Okay, I'm not opposed to banging my head every once in a while. but Yeah, uh, yeah that that's trans- what I like to hear. I, I played these guys because they're from Boston. <laughs> that transi- transitioned us back into the Patriots talk that we've been delving into. Banging your head against the Are wall. the Patriots banging their heads against the wall collectively this summer, at least offensively with the coaching staff set up? And that transitions into the most important person in the Patriots organization. And it isn't Bill Belichick right now because he's 70 years old. So it's there's, Matt Patricia. It, it, hopefully it is not Matt Patricia, <laughs> not, not where I was going by any measure. I was thinking of saying Mac Jones your franchise quarterback who has taken over, taken a stronghold since last summer, taken the quarterback job, franchise quarterback. And you have, um, you asked Mike Giardi a question, and you have sort of an interesting uh, topic you wanted to bring up in that realm of not just Mac Jones, but second-year quarterbacks. Yeah, so, I mean, I I posed a question to Mike about the idea of, like, okay, what do you want to see from Mac Jones in year two as far as, Okay, things that he didn't do last year that he could have been better at, that he could be uh, better at this season, especially when we're about to see him finally play against somebody who's not the New England Patriots this week. And I completely understand his his answer to that question, which is like, yeah, I want to just see him look better than than he has like last week. Right. Right. Like because there are a lot of immediate problems here that need to be fixed. And yeah, it's going to be hard for Mac Jones to improve if he's doing like jumping jacks in the pocket because because he's, he's afraid of pressure and he's like seeing ghosts, which is what Monday looked like. But anyway, I brought I asked that question because uh, 
in relation to some of the other second-year quarterbacks out there right now, Trevor Lawrence, there have been glowing reviews about what he did in his first preseason action earlier this week. And then Justin Fields played yesterday. And, I mean, that whole team is a complete disaster on the offensive side of the football right now due to injuries and also just the fact that they're going to be bad. But Fields also looked a bit better than he did at this point last year as well in terms of just getting the ball a little bit quicker and, and looking like the game is you know slowing down for him against actual NFL caliber opponents, not second and third stringers. Um, Zach Wilson, maybe not so much. He threw a pick and then got hurt on, on his uh, you know kind of preseason debut. But it's just interesting because I personally view at this point in time, Mac Jones is being above by a good margin, at least based on what he did last year, the other quarterbacks in his class, including Trevor Lawrence, who was the number one overall pick and has the higher pedigree, right? Justin Fields has, you know, excellent talent and tools and, you know, is, is smart and, you know, all these intangibles. But Mac Jones just played better than all of them. And he's also, I mean, an incredibly smart and accurate quarterback. I mean, so you could see that maybe there was a little bit more to that uh, that particular mineral field to mine than we all thought that there was. But it's curious because with those tools, maybe you could see Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields becoming better than him with time. So I'm curious as to what Mac Jones is going to do this year to keep that pace as the top dog in this class. And one of the things that I had seen was there was an article that came out uh, before last season, actually, in looking at how can you predict which second-year quarterbacks are going to make the leap and where do they make the leap? Like, how does it manifest? And one of the things that was discussed, it was relation to, okay, what's Justin Herbert going to look like in his second year? Is he going to be one of those guys that makes the leap? And they showed that, like, Lamar Jackson, you know, in terms of recent memory, like Lamar Jackson, Blake Bortles, Jared Goff, Patrick Mahomes, like a lot of these, these guys that we look at, even if they weren't great for a career that made a substantial leap in their second season, one thing they did a lot of was attacking the middle of the field more in the intermediate and deep areas because that is one of the tougher spots on the field for a young quarterback to read and to attack. And what you saw, they would like show these heat maps where you saw a lot more red in, in the middle there in terms of you know, successful you know, completions and, and stuff in the middle of the field during quarterbacks' second years as opposed to their first. And when you look at Mac Jones's you know, kind of heat map on next-gen stats, he's got a league average in the, in the kind of short and intermediate areas in the middle and not so good in the deep middle of the field. He was, he was, more, he was better in the short intermediate areas on the rails. Like that was kind of where he was most accurate and had his most success was kind of on the sidelines and in the short areas. So I'm curious to see if we see Mac Jones be a bit more aggressive in that aspect, not necessarily like, oh yeah, I'm going to start airing it out and chucking it 50 yards down the field all the time. But what about 15 and 20 yards over the middle of the field? Are we going to see a lot more of that from Mac Jones? Well, I think one of the things that the challenges he faces compared to the other second year quarterbacks now is, is expectations. Yeah. He made the pro bowl. He made the playoffs. He was seen as by far the best rookie quarterback a year ago, even if he wasn't seen by far as the most talented or skilled or everything else coming into the league. So now it's like you have to grow. You have to improve. You have to do more. Whereas it was an absolute you-know-what show in Jacksonville. <laughs> so Trevor Lawrence, almost any success is like, okay, now he's settling into who he's supposed to be. Yeah. This is good. Or... Trey Lance, a guy that 
barely played. didn't play the other night I look up he's throwing a whatever that was a 70 yard touchdown and yep. sort of building some excitement we talked about Garoppolo being on the outs there he's going to get his opportunities and so like those guys they can only go up now Zach yeah. Wilson's probably in a different category because he's already been stunted potentially for year two a little bit with this injury, missing time. Who who knows where that goes when? The, when I always out. thought he had the highest bust potential of oh, I, those top guys, and and I I hated the fact that he was the number two overall pick. I'm yeah, not gonna he's lie. he's an interesting guy. He and Lance to me were the boom and bust candidates because of their style of play, their skill set. Now Lance's career path where he played the idea that he was essentially a running back playing the quarterback position like there's a lot that goes into him so those two guys Zach Wilson his throwing motion is hilarious by the way I do I do not understand it and but we're also in a world where you know things have changed we're not in the you have to stand in the pocket and throw the ball a certain way like they always have forever it's can you make plays? Can you move the ball? Can you be exciting? Can you be dynamic? Can we count on you to win us games? Lamar Jackson has proven that as well as anyone. Yeah, and and just Josh, win, baby. Yeah, and you know what? Josh Allen, too. And yeah. you know, I, was, I was listening to a podcast where they were kind of breaking down the Hogan Johns podcast on The Athletic, if you're interested. They're, kind of, they're very Chicago Bears-centric, but they were talking about second-year quarterbacks more broadly and kind of talking about what, what kind of mentally makes – that second year leap. And they were talking about little traits like Josh Allen, the fact that it's not just the howitzer arm and the fact that he's basically a tight end playing quarterback. It's like, yeah, he would make mistakes in camp, but then he wouldn't make the same mistake again. Mm -hmm. Like he would, he self scouts to a pathological degree. And it's just like, I'm not screwing this up again. Or Joe Burrow, apparently being such a psychotic competitor that like if they did red zone one day, and it didn't go well. And the next day, we're moving out of red zone. Joe Burrow would be like, no, we're doing red zone again today because I hated the way that that went, right? And so, like, you get a sense that, to an extent, some of these guys, it's not just about the physical tools. It's about the wiring. They're just different. And I feel like Mac Jones probably has a little bit of that from kind of what we've seen and heard. The He is a little bit more cutthroat than I think people give him credit for. Is that going to be enough to help him manifest some of these improvements, especially in this weird situation that he's going through right now? And I think we get a little bit of that, that, that Joker nickname that he's kind of got. He, he, some Jekyll and Hyde. There's a little psychotic nature somewhere in that sort of, you know, doesn't look like he'd be crazy, doesn't, but they're, they're, that giggle he gives every once in a while, yeah. like, that sounded a little nuts. There was a little, <laughs> there was a little kookiness to that. And he, we know that he is fixated on winning on being the best like that's really all that matters to him now so if you had to bet okay year two jump aside so this year there's some reason for hope I think in say Jacksonville there's maybe some reason for trepidation in New England there's reason for unknown in New York Chicago and San Francisco probably but those five guys year two jump aside then in three or four years who are we talking about because some guys will probably not still be with the team that drafted them, and yeah. who knows if they're even starters anymore. Who will we be talking about in three, four, five years? <laughs> if you had to make me... <laughs> yeah, there it is. You're yeah. going to tell me that's not a little there, bit... There's, there's there. something going on there, for sure. <laughs> I, I think that I could see Trevor Lawrence kind of becoming that number one overall pick guy. Okay. And, and him kind of be, ruling the roost. I agree. See, this is where it gets <laughs> tough, because... No, <laughs> My, my next gut is that I could see Mac Jones still being there, still being in that mix, because obviously 
I would like to say Justin. I was going to say your there. gut says he, what, your he, heart says he, what. Well, well, he's got the talent to do it, and you see little glimpses of the things he was doing on Friday, like or rather on Saturday, and like okay, he might be able to make some, you know, some salad out of you know what mm-hmm. with, with a bad. But that's still not a good team, and so you're looking at him maybe. I don't know. They, I need to see that they can build a team around him before I'm willing to say any of that. So I'm going to put Justin Fields and Trey Lance for now in that tier underneath Mac Jones. It's kind of the tide for third. I'm going to be honest. I just don't. I'm not feeling Zach Wilson. I understand the talent that he can throw the ball. He can Uncle Rico it. He can throw it over a mountain and, and he can do all that stuff. But I've just got I, I just don't know that I see it with him. I mean, I was wrong about Josh Allen. Maybe I'll be wrong there. And, and the thing about Josh Allen you know, to kind of, you know, close things out. And we got to go to break in a second. But it's like the margin for error in the end was always worth betting on with him. The fact that, yeah, it looked ugly at points during that rookie year and at the beginning of his of his uh, second year. But then by the time you got to the end of the season, you could just see the talent starting to take over and, and his mentals were starting to catch up with it. And that's where, look, guy can just make a play that few guys can make. I don't know if Mac Jones has that in him physically. So that's where the mental is going to have to be. It's going to have to be outstanding for Mac Jones to stay up there with the rest of this class because the rest of the class is so much more upside at the top than he does. Uh, I agree. Uh, And I think as we're talking about five-year windows or plans for these quarterbacks, I think Trevor Lawrence is still a buy. I think Mac Jones is still a buy. Yeah, I agree. I think he's still a buy. I'm a little more of a hold slash sell on the other three. And we all know in the long run, they rarely all work out. There's usually some span of... They're going to be They're going to be probably two bad. busts from this class. Right. So we'll get there. But we're also going to switch gears coming out of the trending. We're going to talk maybe five-year plans for your Boston Red Sox and whether that involves Xander Bogarts, Raphael Devers. We talked in the first hour about the failings of this year's team, last night's team, in comparison to the New York Yankees. And kind of quizzically, some people have turned on Rafi Devers and Xander Bogarts. Uh, and are still holding out hope, I guess, that the Bloom era is going to produce something different than what we're seeing right now. So we'll switch gears a little bit. Fitzy and Hart live from Fenway Park. He's Kari Thompson, and he is about to trend. (laughs) (laughs) Merloni, Fourier, and Mego. Weekdays, 2 to 6. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Okay, I need to compose myself for a second. Okay. Trending is brought to you by New England Ford. Tune into WEEI this Red Sox season as they broadcast live from our Ford Clubhouse Fenway Studio before Red Sox weekend home games. We got hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Yeah, we're down here right now. Wave, say hi. We're doing the show from here. Good to see all of y'all. Brought to you by your New England Ford dealers and Ford Trucks, official truck of the Boston Red Sox and McDonald's. Download the app, join my McDonald's rewards, and start earning points. For free food every time you order. Excludes delivery, download, and registration required. All right, Red Sox fell to the Yankees 3-2 last night. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa was a one-man thorn in the Sox side as he hit a two-run homer in the fifth and had the game-winning suicide squeeze. Not exactly suicide squeeze, maybe. But a bunt in the ninth that led all three runs scored for the Yankees. The Sox Wrapped up this three-game series with the Yankees tonight. First pitch is set for 7 p.m. With Michael Walk expecting to start, you can, of course, check the Red Sox pregame show with Rob Bradford, Bradfoe, at 6 p.m. before the game right here on the Shaws and Star Market, WEEI Red Sox Network. Around the NFL, the injury to Jets quarterback Zach Wilson's knee appears to not be as serious as we initially thought. 
with some reports saying that it's believed to be a bone bruise as well as a torn meniscus. Rappaport reported, Ian Rappaport reported, that Wilson is expected to have surgery and the Jets are hoping to have him ready to go for week one of the regular season. And we had the New England Revolution picking up a one-nil victory, one-nil victory over the DC United last night. Carlos Gill notched his fifth goal of the season as the Revolution moved to eight wins, nine draws, seven losses on the year. And that was trending with WEEI. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. No balls, one strike. Runners lead at first and third with two down in the ninth. F lost to the set. The pitch. Swing and a pop-up. This should do it. Right around the mound. Catcher at first baseman converge. Rizzo makes the catch and the ball game is over. Oh, the Red Sox had their two and three hitters up with two on and one out of the ninth inning and do not score. Yankees hang on to win three to two in a very close and hard-fought ball game here at Fenway Park tonight. Yankees three, Boston two. The annoyance is the annoyance so palpable. Joe Kostig is a Hall of Famer in many ways for many reasons, but that right there is my favorite. It's it's palpable. Like, you feel the disappointment. I, I can only imagine if I'm Devers and Bogarts. Like, I know they're professionals, they're stars and everything. I feel like if I listened to that, I would feel bad. Like, feel like I let this man down. Yep, this I, aging I would, legend Hall of Famer, I let him down. I, I feel like I can, I, he probably, like, threw his hand up or whatever when he saw it. You know, when he saw the pop-up, he's like, and eh, a pop-up. Just like, like, like he's throwing a piece of paper over. Yeah, his that, or that's if it. you ever get a chance, go up there sometime to watch him work. Like, yep. it's awesome. Like uh, Joe, Joe is an all-out professional. He is, and he's obviously a legend. And it's now the uh, right the Joe Castiglione booth, right? and that's why people yeah. love. Yeah, and like that, that's the thing. Is like he is a fan, and like, he is a he, fan, and he's that's dejected why, just like everyone else. Like I feel like some people could have a similar tone, and it would be taken a different way. But like you just disappeared 
disappointed your grandfather. That's how I look at it. Like, yeah, you, you know what's so, like? I try. I'm so, I I really feel bad. You know what's interesting about that is that like you can you can hear the fan in it, but I feel like the the professionalism is still it's still present, absolutely. Whereas I feel like. Growing up with Hawk Harrelson in Chicago, which I lo loved growing up with Hawk, but towards the end there, it was just getting kind of goofy. Yep. And, and you were just kind of like, uh, like, all right, now, now, now there's just like personal beefs with umpires and, and stuff like that. Or anytime somebody would get hit on the white side, like, well, that's going to have to, something's going to have to be done about that. And it's like, it, not everything is, is, is so intentional. Like you don't got to beef with everybody that hard. Cause he really, he really went with like full Homer. Right. It's that, it's that idea of becoming a caricature of yourself. I don't feel like Joe Castiglione has ever crossed that line. No, there's no. that mix of professionalism, passion, disappointment connected to the story. And it's the disappointment that I think we're all talking about today. And it's where we started exactly. the show. And it, it's where we are as Red Sox Nation, Red Sox fans, that you had an opportunity. And I think Joe Castiglione was probably like me yesterday. I think he's more optimistic in general than I am. But he probably came to the ballpark thinking, you know, we win this one. All of a sudden, you've won two in a row against the Yankees. Maybe yeah. you got it. And then he's left with swinging a pop-up. And that's going like, it's, it's like, they had their three and four hitters yeah. up. You, you had an opportunity, and it's a missed opportunity. Now, I will say, I don't think he would go so far as some of our callers have gone, and even a host on this station, Mark Dundero, when we were coming in, kind of went to that it, 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 it's bigger than the moment that suddenly Devers and Bogarts, because of what they did or did not do, more importantly, in this one game night, against the New York Yankees, right, is, is somehow in one at bat in the ninth inning. You know, it's a, it's a commentary on their career or now defines them as something moving forward but my question is what are the Red Sox defined as moving forward and I mean moving forward right yeah. now when your manager Alex Cora asked you to sprint toward the playoffs he said it's a sprint not a marathon anymore baseball season in totality marathon everything we've got behind us part of the marathon what's ahead of us is the sprint to the finish and they stumbled out of the blocks last night but also beyond that because I'm of the belief that even if they make the playoffs, they're not a contender. They're more like the Patriots last year. Like, and yeah, the, the rules Patriots say would probably be like this year if they made the playoffs. Yes, and the rules say you can make the playoffs at a certain level, but that doesn't mean you're in contention for a title and, and really should be taken seriously. And I'll say the same thing about whoever the third wild card is. I don't take the Orioles seriously. I don't take the White Sox seriously. Like, yep. there's teams in the mix that no offense taken to that. By the the way. rules are what they are. You're in the mix. So yes, that's what you are, but not to be taken seriously. But what are the Red Sox right now? You know, are, are they in the midst of some Bloom long-term plan and we're never going to deviate from the long-term plan for any short-term success or opportunities? Are they, you know, the Tampa Bay Red Sox? Are they the Los Angeles Red Sox, which I think would be... Well, the, the, definitely not that. Well, I, I think that's what people want is, yeah. is that idea that Friedman and what they've done in L.A. is what you can be. Like, that's the model for blending small market smarts with big market opportunity, right? Blending those two ideas. Right now, though, it just feels like you're stuck in this in-between. Like, yeah. what are, yeah. it, whatever the bridge is, you're dangling from the bridge, and it's like, ah, I might fall in and never get to the other side of this bridge and find out what's actually over there. Where is the pot of gold at the other side of this bridge, right? Or it's like, you know, you're, you're on the bridge, right? And, and it's like you're maybe, you know, in theory would be crossing from one side to the other, but it's actually more like you stuck your foot through one of the planks and you're not able to get out of it and go from one side to the other. Or rather, you decided, perhaps more intentionally, 
you didn't you didn't you know fall through you stuck your foot through a hole and you're just like i'm just gonna hang out here for a minute which it just doesn't feel sensible and, and again i think we talked about it before where we it, it feels like we're, we're going to stock up draft picks we're going to build up the farm system and then uh, we're going to compete with all this young talent that's going to come in and, and carry us and be really cost effective and then we can have that financial flexibility that we've been preaching and that we've been talking about building up all this time we're going to go ahead and we're going to have that at our disposal to then spend on big ticket free agents but we're not going to do it right now because i mean the whole farm system plan isn't ready yet so in a way i feel like it's what the chicago white Sox in a way had done they the farm system was bad they they restocked it and then they brought up all these young players and now they're in limbo right now where they should have a much more talented roster but they went and saddled themselves with a lead anchor for a manager and they also haven't spent at certain places that they should have so let me ask you a question. So I asked a question early in the show that elicited a lot of response, including from, uh, as you call him, the metric man, Brian Barrett, future uh, Bill Simmons ringer employee, beloved member of the uh, WEEI family right now, and a uh, passionate Red Sox guy, certainly, that, you know, I think people are done with the Sox or they feel like they're just about done. They have that uh, resignation that you heard in Joe Castiglione's voice, I think is sort of resonating throughout Red Sox nation right now, but what are the Red Sox long-term? What is the feeling long-term? Are you hopeful? Is there reason to be optimistic? Are you uncertain? Are you dubious? Because it feels like they're at a bit of a Heimblum era, E-R-A. I want to make sure I don't get anything where, you know, the, the New England accent says error, <laughs> error, era. I'm being genuine, era. Where is it going? You know, they don't have a ton of, of contracts tied down to. There's going to be opportunity on the books, but there's also the opportunity that you're losing a lot of good key core players. That's yep. where that line, last dance, that Alex Cora joked about with the uh, the afternoon show. So how would you describe, not short term, I think we're all frustrated right now, resigned to maybe they are who they are. They're a last place baseball team that probably isn't worthy of the postseason. But for next year, the year after, confidence level in high and bloom, the organization to go where you want it to be. We all know what people want. Compete for a title. Compete for a World Series. That's what Boston is in all sports. Certainly the new age Red Sox. This isn't the old school 86 years Red, excuse me, Red Sox. This is new age Red Sox. You're supposed mm -hmm. to win. And you're in last place looking up at the Orioles. So 617-779-7937. What word would you describe uh, your current feeling of the Boston Red Sox? And I'll ask you, Kyrie. Do you think there is reason for hope right now? Pessimism? Optimism? What, you know, where, where are you? It feels to me, as I was thinking about it, like Nick, what, what proof do we have that next year is going to be better? I think, yeah. ne I, think, I think next year, given the talent that they're going to lose, and, and even if they bring up some more young talent, where you see Tristan Cassis, mm -hmm. and, and, he, and he's up, and you know, that's what he's going to break camp with the team, cool. Or even Brian Bayo, right? Okay, there's, there's opportunity in the rotation. Boom, here you go, Brian Bayo. Here's your shot. You know, or or you, you bring up... Uh, or you give uh, you know, Marcelo Mayer some at-bats, and basically you're like, okay, here, there you go, good job, but you're not bringing him up next year, I don't think. So, no. so I, I just feel like next year would probably, in my mind, be another step back. I right? don't or, like that. Or, or rather, this, this, last year was the freebie, 
you know, you're playing with house money. This year, you're kind of like, okay, if you make the playoffs again, it almost feels like house money again. And it's like, oh, look at that. We made the playoffs with this roster, and we're still not quite at the you know, portion of this plan we want to be at. But next year, like, what makes you think that they are going to be actual com- you know, competitors or contenders? I don't, I don't see it. I feel like, I feel like we're two to three years away from, from really doing anything. Here. Well, they're at a significant crossroads in terms of personnel. There's no doubt about that. Roster makeup with the kinds of guys you're A, going to lose, and B, could lose or could choose to move on from. And, you know, it's funny because you look at last year, and I know some people would probably argue, well, that set unfair expectations. Like that, you, you caught lightning in a bottle, you were better than you were supposed to be, whatever you want to refer to that, and, and all of a sudden people look at you, you were a couple games from the World Series, so, well, obviously you're going to get better next year. Yeah. Kind of like the Celtics are probably going to deal with. You were a couple games from winning the NBA title. Now the expectation is finish it. Yeah, and, and it's like if you don't win a title next year, then that means you're like you're in a terrible underachieved. Game. Yeah, but from the Celtics, I mean, from the Red Sox perspective, right now, I would argue this year is underachieving or underwhelming or disappointing, regardless of what happened last year. Let's just say last year they yep. didn't make the postseason. Yeah, yeah, you're in last place. You're behind every team in your division, and I know they sold us early in the year on this is the best division in all of sports, and that, oh, it's a great challenge and all that. That's great and all. You can say that the rest of the division is good. You know who's not good? You, the Boston Red Sox. So regardless of an unexpected run toward a World Series last year, this is an underachieving season. This is a disappointing season that I think would be met with feelings of 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 a lack of hope like how many years we're going to scuffle in a row here hein bloom like we had we had the ron renicky weird you know bridge year before we were bridge year in the in the pandemic that whole thing and then now you have another year where it's like spinning your tires i guess or chris gasper called it a bridge year but again bridge to what because i would call it a bridge year and have some optimism if what you said was like, if I could envision next year's team with lots of talent, lots of wins, like you see the makeup, you know what I do see? They have opportunity because they have dollars contracts coming off the books, not tied to a lot of long-term deals. But what does that mean? Is Heim Bloom going to go out and spend that money? Is he going to spend it? Well, he's going to spend it, but spend properly? it on, but on what? Right. right. That, that's the question. Spend like, it on what? Are return you... on investment. Yeah. So, I mean, like he's going to have the money. So, so, okay. First, First order of business has to be extending Rafael Devers for one thing. Like, well, maybe. Like, like I don't know. Did you notice he he didn't get a hit last night? So cross yeah, that yeah, off the and, list. And, and, the to do list did say sign Devers, but then he had a number in front of the plate, and it's like, well, cross him off the list. Then. Too bad. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna just ignore that and say that the first order of business <laughs> should be. Wait, he's still good. The first order of business should definitely be resigning Rafael Devers. And then, again, look at the positions that I think for, for two years now, you have seen right field and first base not get it done for you, or rather one of the corner outfield spots not get it yeah. done for you. Because last year it was, it was kind of like left field at, for some portions of it, and then it was right field, um, though you had Hunter Renfro kind of you know, having a bit of a charge at one point. But this year, I'd take right, right field, first base not getting it done. Give us something meaningful to put at those spots. Okay, because, okay, yeah, you've got your third baseman. You've got your, your shortstop in theory. Got to see about second base what you plan to do. First base in theory is Tristan Cassis. 
Um, do you want to have an actual major league catcher there that can do more than just throw the ball from, from home plate to second base? Because right now you don't necessarily have that. Do you want to do something about that? Uh, are you going to keep rolling with Jaron Duran in center field? Or are you no. going to get a real center fielder? No. So, I mean, you got a lot of things you need to figure out right now. So, so there's, a, there's an argument for spreading that money around as, a, like, okay, extend Devers and then spread the money around. But, I mean, I, I just, I'm tired of the half measures. To, right? to, be, to give you guys some good news, or what I think will be some good news. Okay. And this is barring any freak bike accidents. I think you'll probably uh, see Kike soon, and you won't have to see Duran too much. Yeah, I don't want to see Duran, and if I see Kike soon, I think that is a good, a good thing for this team. Even though I'm not sure where this team's going. Yeah, I don't, I don't anyway, know how much he gets us into the playoffs. In terms of my entertainment dollar, it may just give me a little bit, slightly more bang for our buck. But six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven, and what Kyrie was just talking about sounds like what Jack in Connecticut wants to talk about in terms of where the Red Sox not only are, but where they are moving forward. Yeah, no, Jack, Jack and Connecticut just dropped off. Sorry about that. Jack just, ah, so yeah. that's, uh, that shows you how he feels about it. He didn't even want to hang on long enough to talk about how miserable he was with the future of the Red Sox because he, his, at least calling to his uh, subject line, wanted to talk about how the Sox are in trouble. And I, I think that's accurate. I, I, I'm finding it hard to believe, wow, what a day. What a, what a difference a day makes for me. I was hopeful yesterday, and then all of a sudden I get to Joe Castiglione swinging a pop-up. That's going to do it. And while I haven't taken quite to the Mark Dondero route of negativity where this will never be, uh, never be worth signing Bogart's endeavors and you know four for uh, uh, 41 slumps and all that, um, I'm talking more about just the overall feel of the baseball team. And I don't know when the last-ditch effort is, but... Yesterday, to me, felt like a last-ditch effort. Maybe, I guess, if you win today, right, you win the series. I don't guess. That's, that's how that works. Three-game series. Yeah. You're splitting it so far. If you win today, you win the series. But I started with it with Justin Huron. False starts. The Red Sox are Justin Huron. You, so am I going to get excited if they beat the Yankees tonight here at Fenway Park? I was going to ask you for one thing. Did you come up with that on the spot, or was that something you were thinking about uh, earlier on? I came up with it in the walk from the parking garage to here. I was like, you know what? These they just keep false starting because you you mentioned the Yankees series before the break and like you, all these times yeah. where if you're an optimist, if you're trying to stay positive, you're a fan, you want you want them to be good, so you're you're leaning yep. in that direction. You've had all these different times where even me, you know, Sale is coming back, Evaldi's coming back. Ooh, reason for optimism, right? The, all these various points along the way over the last I don't know month, month plus and. And they keep disappointing you, right? Yeah. Sooner or later, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me 17 times, shame on me. Yes. Right? Yes. Or if and, you're George Bush, can't get fooled again. Yes. Hey. Uh, so for me, I would say, yeah, okay, you feel, you feel better about it in the sense that having, what, three wins in your last four games is better than splitting it, right? And, and of course, like you beat the Yankees or whatever. But, but just the pure fact of, oh, yeah, we, uh, we, we beat the Yankees in a series. Like, okay, great. You won, you won two series in a row. And you, you beat the Yankees the one time. Okay, how about you go beat everybody else from here on out? Okay, because I feel like we, we already saw What are the chances we, of that we, happening? We, well, yes. The thing is, we, we saw the Yankees split, and we're just like, yes, that, that feels like a series win because of the momentum. And right. took it to the team that was killing everybody in Major League Baseball at that point. And then what did they do right after that? They frittered away that momentum heading into the All-Star break. And it left us feeling, feeling like 
crap. And then you'll come out of the all-star break and, and almost immediately go like what, like seven, lose like seven of 11 games or whatever. Oh, that was the best when I mean, everybody, I mean, come uh, on. that's another one where everybody was like, well, you come out of the break, you get 11 games to decide whether you're a buyer, you're a seller. What? And it was like awful. Awful, well, well, I mean, that, that was the thing. Honestly, I said at that point, like, I hope that it, if it's going to be that way, I hope it is that way. Go ahead and lose 8 of 11. Let's be, be awful. Lose 28 and, to 5. And, and then sell everybody off. But then they lost those games, and they didn't sell everybody off. And now we're fixating on Devers and Bogarts and some people, I guess. I also wonder if this is a little you bit. Couldn't of, be, you, you wouldn't have to be, you know. Fixating on Xander Bogarts popping up for the if last he was on another games, team. he was on another team. But I also think this this weird shift in the Bogarts Devers thing for some people may also be a defense mechanism. You know, the the you can't fire me, I quit kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> you you're not that good anymore, so I won't be upset when, when you you're leave not at anymore. the end of the yeah. season or when yeah. the team trades you or moves on from you. I won't feel like I'm I'm emotionally attached to you, and that's really uh, that's really sad. That's kind of a sad way to go into this. Is, is if you're talking yourself into, well, those guys aren't that good. Look where we are with them, right? That's the argument. Well, we got these two stars. Why would I hand them $500 million combined when, when they're on the roster, we're a last-place team? And I just think that's a, um, it's a flawed approach yep. to mm -hmm. this, a flawed mentality. But that's the reality for you and your Boston Red Sox right now. They are scuffling. They are not sprinting, as their manager asked. They are still holding out hope to beat the Yankees tonight here at Fenway Park. Take the series, two series in a row, as Kyrie noted with his fingers in the air for those air quotes that are very much needed for that O's series victory. Still don't really understand how you... Doesn't series inherently, like the SAT, you have a series of numbers. It's not just one. Right. <laughs> for, it's like for a line, you have to have two dots to connect it. Like, no, 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 you had a dot. You beat the O's in a dot. You didn't beat them in a line yeah. or a series but, or anything else. Well, you know what's funny is that, like, I remember uh, the, the old video games where you would be able to set, you know, whatever, uh, you know, simulation, you know, three-game series, seven-game yeah. series or whatever, and you could act, it, the, the singular exhibition game would always be like, it's a one-game series right. between the Chicago Cubs and the Boston Red Sox right. or, like, whatever it is, but they would actually just be like, it's a one-game series. Well, they won the one-game series. They won game one against the Yankees, and then unfortunately they could not seize the momentum last night, a 3-2 loss here at Fenway Park. Fitzy and Hart live from the Fenway Park Ford Clubhouse Studios. We are coming down the home stretch leading into the Bradfoe Show. Rob Bradford will be doing it all, it sounds like, here tonight at Fenway Park. We got the Bradfoe Show. He'll be doing the pregame show in place of Brian Barrett. Maybe he will put a positive spin on this, uh, this Red Sox season. That Maybe we should ask him about out. it. Bradfo, get should. up in here. Bradfo, come on back for a crossover, and you can get some positivity into the last 15 minutes of Fitzy and Hart live from Fenway Park. Regulators! Mount up. It was a clear black night, a clear white moon. Warmer G was on the streets trying to consume some search for See, this makes so me feel good. I don't want to bang my head. I'm just kind of, what's this called? Like bopping my head, I guess? This is good. And you know what else is good? Something that our buddy Coop just came up with as we come down in the final minutes, Fitzy and Hart from Fenway Park. We've been searching for something fun and optimistic about the Boston Red Sox moving forward. And Coop has come up with a genius idea that involves somebody we talked about yesterday, Shohei Otani. Shoho? One of the most exciting players in baseball. Obviously can pitch, can hit. 
Coop, what is the idea? All right. So this is something that should have happened in the CBA negotiations. <laughs> Preface it with that. They missed out big time. When they added the third wildcard slot, yep. so what they should have team. done in order, and we were the, the whole genesis of this was that Shohei Otani in the playoffs has to happen in order for the MLB to come back and be, you know, dominant in the four sports. Yep. So what we do, Angels are never making the playoffs. We take Shohei Otani, you stick him on the, or, and Mike Trout. You can kind of like do a coin flip. They get to decide which NL or AL wildcard third slot team gets to have them. So that way we ensure that those guys get to the marquee players that the MLB should be promoting, they're in the playoffs every year. I love it. The only problem I would foresee is, you know how we have this discussion about tanking for draft picks? So now you have teams playing to and, be and the that, three seed, <laughs> so I mean, that the they third get, wild card. So that they can get Shohei Otani. Tank for Trout. Tank yes, for Trout. tank for Trout. Uh, Suck for Shohei. Suck for Shohei. I like it. Yeah. Um, but it, it's so true, and, it, and we were sort of joking about it because star players and this idea that fans have now turned a little bit on their star players, that, that Devers and, and Bogarts aren't enough to win and they should be doing more. And that's the perfect example. Mike Trout is as good as anybody in baseball. And what are you gonna what are you gonna say about Mike Trout's career? Oh, well, he didn't win a World Series. Is that his fault? Right. I mean, all he's done is basically be like the second coming of Mickey Mantle. Right. I mean, he's just he's one of the I mean, he will probably retire as one of the greatest baseball players. Oh, ever I to think play. he already is. Like yeah. if you this is like big time baseball nerd thing. If you go to his baseball reference and just like look through it, it's his, his, his comps are all, his comps are already like worthy of like top ten player of all time right I'd, I'd easily stick him top 10 i mean it, it, he's he's insane right and so but but you're gonna have people who distill it down to the lowest common denominator of, of the Stephen a's of, of the world it's like well i can't get behind you know mike trout because he didn't win a world series it's like i i, I don't know what else you want him to do i mean we, we so i i joked about this which kind of precipitated the conversation the fact that like oh yeah like if, if Raphael Devers and uh, Xander Bogarts could just go three for four with multiple home runs every night maybe the you know Red Sox could win some games but the Angels basically do that every night you got Mike Trout and Shohei Otani launching bombs and and Otani going like eight innings with like no runs given up and like two hits surrendered and the Angels will still find a way to lose the game because they're terrible it's so pathetic it, it's, it's 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 they're the new Mets I think they're the new Mets yeah, except that the Mets are good now. So they're, they're the new old... Well, the Mets are no longer the Mets. So yeah, the, Mets, the Mets might be the Yankees now. Yeah, right. Now I'm just confused. Who are the Yankees then? Uh, Tampa? <laughs> no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. That's, that's the Red Sox. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah good. Well, oh, that was so good. That was so good. I also want to say, I don't know if you've ever watched the YouTube channel The Fumble Dimension. Um, it's basically just like a parody of sports. Like what would happen if I took the Owens? So on like on Madden, what would happen if I went on Madden and took the Owens 16 lions and then just gave them one play where all they did was throw the ball deep to Calvin Johnson on every single play. What would happen if I did that? And, and it's just like the commentary is hilarious. And there is a, a version of the fumble dimension where it's like, what if I made a team of nine Shohei Hotanis? Could they win a World Series? Oh, I like that. Oh, yes. it was. It of was, course they could. It was so good. I loved it. So by, if, if you if you got you know some time to kill, go and check out the fumble dimension. Watch what happens when you put nine Shohei Hotanis on the field at once. But this isn't like that Michael Keaton movie. What was that? Duplicity or whatever. Uh, where every duplicate gets worse. No, 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 no. They're all showy. They're Otani. all actual. They, they are actual grade A certified Otani. Yes, there, there are no downgrades uh, for for when you make your clones. This is not Naruto or Dragon Ball Z. They are all fully powered.
we just crossed a geek line that I wasn't prepared to cross, and I don't know where we are. Now. I got lost in that. I was doing like the the baseball reference references. You thought you were the nerd. Yeah, in the I thought room I was the nerd here. Oh no, no, I'm definitely a major paleontologist nerd. over here. Just to, I, get to a new I, level. I am a major closet nerd, but I will also uh, dominate you in most sports. So don't. don't oh, get it look at you! Dual threat, challenging, challenging the, the nerd. Shohei Otani of of yeah. I don't know radio broadcasting. Oh, sure. Uh, I love that. Yeah. You're yes. welcome. Take, yes. You're welcome. Hey, you hear that, Ken? You hear that, Ken? Let's go. <laughs> so we are uh, coming down the last few minutes here, and our friend Rob Bradford, he walked right by. We called for Rob Bradford to do the crossover. And he to came. Try to give us some positivity, some optimism, and he because I, I sort of uh, oh, shot my oh, shot no, yesterday, and I, I've got nothing left. I was left with Joe Castiglione's famous and now infamous Swinging a pop-up that he unleashed on us again last night. Rob Bradford, Hello, boss hey. man. Can you give me a... Um, we got a couple minutes here before we cross over into the yeah. Bradfoe show. Give me hey, reason. Take, take your time. <laughs> give me reason for hope. Give me like the Do three bullet... Po- yeah. Do I have to? I, I, I've been told you're the optimistic one. I am? You've been told incorrectly maybe like 10 years ago. <laughs> uh, but uh, I would I would say that tonight is the must win. It's must win Sunday. Okay. Okay. If, I would put it on the bumper stickers. It's must win Sunday. Uh, they have to win tonight. You felt like they had to take two out of three. You had to get any kind of momentum going. And you're going into Pittsburgh. If you win tonight, everyone feels great about everything. You're going to Pittsburgh. You take care of business there. Then you go to Baltimore. Boom, boom, boom. You're on your way. You're I, on your way. I feel like you're one of those politicians that's talking about the. Uh, if we win oh, in New Hampshire, oh, yeah. and then we're going to like Iowa, and then we're going. My guy, Dean. <laughs> and then and then yeah, they get Howard tripped D. up on, on on the first primary, and then you don't hear from them ever again. Yeah, well, this would be like Howard Dean losing like three campaign directors along the way. So it's <laughs> it's like it's, it's the problem is is that you look at last night, right? And 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 really all the week long, you there's semblance of life there. They're doing okay. They're good for them. They're trying really hard by paying <laughs> mil, mil, being paid millions of dollars. But at the end of the day, like you're falling short too many times. And in this case, and I know it was written about a lot by a lot of people last night, you fell short with the guys that you can't fall short with. Mm-hmm. The guys that you guys are talking about, Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers and J.D. Martinez, those are the guys that you have to – if you aren't getting anything from those guys, I'm sorry – I can't muster up any optimism. I mean, sorry, sorry, fellas. Well, but I mean, you didn't it, take. Don't the, apologize. It's to like me, Bailey Zappi being like called on to win a Super Bowl. It, you, you didn't. Well, take, hey, hey, the, the Patriots got lucky with that once. Yeah, there you go. Happened lightning in a bottle. But you didn't take the leap that because Bogarts endeavors failed last night that they shouldn't be signed to lucrative long-term I mean, deals like Mark Dundero I was listening did on. Did he really? Oh, yeah. You, that's why you don't <laughs> sign guys like that to $300 million deals because he's four for 41 and he came up small that, in the biggest that, spot. That's the, I mean, Ty, I give Mark a lot of credit <laughs> for the reactionary take. I mean, it, 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 uh, we'll never, never accuse Mark of coming weak. With no, 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 no. He's no. not shy. Not no, shy. I mean, nope, he bring so, it. So the flip side of that, and, and I, I do want to talk about this, is the Aaron Judge thing, right? All right, so what Mark should have said, and I didn't hear him when he said this, but what he should have said is this is proof that you don't sign those guys and you allocate the money to the guy who hit the ball 800 feet the other night. Okay. Aaron Judge. I'm all for that. Are you? We, well, we talked about that yesterday. We did Would talk you about swap it, yeah. out no, Bogarts 
for Judge. Like a big deal, big deal, 30-year-old-ish, well, long-term, again, whole thing. The Bogart deal would be like a third of the... the yeah, I know, but I'm just saying big contract. If oh, John Henry well, I, can call I, can, can call Trevor Story's contract a big one, then I can call Bogart's deal. Yeah, no, it is a big contract. It's certainly bigger than Story, and you know, we're going to have Buster Olney come down here, and, and he's going to give the national perception of it. But I think that everybody, locally, nationally, everybody... They are anxious to see because the organization, they'll scream and yell, we have one of the biggest payrolls. That's great. And we're going to have money to spend. That's great. Well, what are you going to do with it? I mean, what are you going to do with it? I mean, you have, you have Soto, Otani that, you know, sure, they might have made calls on them, but certainly they weren't in on them. No. Um, and this isn't Boston. I mean, this isn't what the Red Sox were about, when, especially after you have a potential last place finish. When you have a last place finish in this town, you guys know. Heads roll. Heads roll and money is spent. Yes. So, but I don't think anyone is convinced that that's going to happen because Trevor's story aside, and, and I agree, that isn't a good example. Money has not been spent. Right. And, and I'm not talking about the payroll because that's two different conversations, but money has not been spent. They haven't gone after a guy and said, that's the guy. We are going to outbid him, whether it be in prospects or money with this regime. You have not done that. I don't know if you meant to do it or not, but you left me as we close up shop on Fitzy and Hart with optimism. When oh. you finish in last place, which is where the Red Sox are right now, heads roll and money is spent. Typically. Now I'm optimistic heading into the... No, no, no. Th stop. You have me happy. Let okay. me leave happy. Be, well, because, because Let me leave happy was, now. Because there was an indulgence maybe in a way after last year. Like, okay, you made the playoffs with this little whatever that yeah. was. Like, you didn't mean well, to. Well, I'll say this again, Kyrie. But that, not now. That the whole thing we heard was sustainability. We want sustainability. We want winning teams every year. Well, you're 0 for 1. <laughs> right. I mean, honestly, you are. I mean, this last year doesn't count. Right. Uh, it doesn't. I mean, it's, it's, it is what it is, but that wasn't part of the building process. That was, you're 0 for 1, so now we'll see if you go 1 for 1. And by the way, also, at some point... Because Yo, what's up, on, Red Sox fans I'm, checking in with us oh, outside the window? Hello. What's up? Hello, people. Hello. Hello, fellow kids. There you go. <laughs> uh, so I do want to, at some point, because I'm, Coop and I are by ourselves here... I am going to replay the off the rails Jonathan Papelbon interview. Nice. Yesterday. I got yeah, yeah. Papelbon. Oh, it, uh, it was it was uh, Coop. What do you think? Good idea. It's amazing. Like anytime you get Papelbon in the mix, you just a and then b. <laughs> it's just like it's good content. National, national. He made national news with like three different ways yesterday. So well, so there's your tease for yep. the Brad Foe show right, coming guys, up good job. here on WEEI. This is going to put a close. On the Fitzy and Hart program, I want to thank Kyrie Thompson, WEI.com. Yes. Not just for today, but for yesterday. Two straight days filling the very tiny shoes of Nick Fitzy Stevens here on the program. We have been live at the Fenway Park Ford Clubhouse Studios. Go enjoy the rest of your Sunday and make sure you take along the Bradfoe Show, even if it's on the Odyssey app. See you. Yo. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your 
vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.